Yeah. Check it out. See, the only thing you need to do right here is snarl your freaking head. Boy, it's July 8th, and it's episode 193, and this is the Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast. The Fantasy Football Auctioneer Podcast is the official podcast of the FantasyFootballAuction.com, the first website dedicated to fantasy football auctions. We got a great show for you tonight. Tonight, we are breaking down the Scott Fish Bull 10 and our progress in there, which is at various stages. Blister's already done. And then, speaking of Blister, we'll take a look at his first set of rankings for the offseason. But of course, and this is actually true this time, they're always here. Slim, he's claiming his truther status. Sorry, he's claiming his truther status on Mike Kaseki. Slim, how's it going tonight? Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? I repeat, will the real Slim Shady please stand up? It's going good. And I'm not going to go on here and say I'm like the big main <laughs> Mike Kaseki truther, but I thought it was funny that I saw the tweet from uh Anthony Amico tonight and he sharp fantasy drafters are Mike Gasecki fantasy drafters and he took a <laughs> screenshot of all the fat Mike Gasecki guys and I don't know if it's a lot of guys got him in round 11 uh, I took him in round <laughs> seven but uh, <laughs> he was also what was he the tight end seven uh, yeah I don't know anyway yeah. so I know I like him but I can't say that I'm the lead guy on uh, leading this whole charge or anything. Sure. So, but at uh, least you put your money where your mouth is on the Scott, in the Scott Fishbowl. Well, I needed a tight end. We'll get to it later, I guess. But, <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. there just wasn't many other guys that I liked more than him. There was no one, actually, <laughs> so that's why I took him. But. There you go. All right. <laughs> and he's all done working for the summer, and now he's doing some scouting for our 19-man golf trip. Blister, how's it going tonight? We got two words for ya! Good, man. And I thought you might introduce yourself, but it's coming off the round of his life out in Kananaskis, Alberta. Uncle oh, Buckets with an 84. Let me tell you, it was unbelievable. Oh. And they just calling me a shark. And I shot 42-42, which, I mean, isn't yeah. a little bit better than my best score. It's like 20 strokes better than my best score. <laughs> well, and That's uh, what's mine. Was, that's what's killing me. It's like, yeah. 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 You're we shooting. recounted we recounted the uh, the card a few times and then I took a picture of it even so yeah you like, save un- that one <laughs> yeah it's unbelievable I'll never hit it like that again but anyways blister how's yeah. it going tonight good well I'm coming off a golf trip there too and uh, yeah I don't know it was uh, after the first uh, two rounds I was ready to sell my clubs or at least throw them in the river <laughs> I just like nothing I couldn't hit the ball from me to my big toe without it going straight sideways or me lifting my head and missing it all together and I don't know what the hell was going on and it was so frustrating and then uh I turned it around and I went from uh, shooting a 95 the first round down to an 82 the second round I there still, you go still, or the next or the last round I guess at the same course and uh still had a few hiccups where I was peaking when I was chipping to the green but came out came out as a big money winner on the trip so that was still pretty kid. good good it's good being uh, riding the coattails of your teammates <laughs> <laughs> and the courses are nice we're uh, they we're are nice we missed right, one of them we skipped one because we looked at the forecast and was going to get a thunderstorm so we stopped at an uh, earlier one and got got the round in so right. yeah they're in good shape uh, the one has a couple greens that are kind of beat up but i mean overall the course is quite nice Awesome. Well, I tell you, that Kananaskis course where we did the Mount Kid and it was, uh, yeah, beautiful. And the rain held off. But when you smack that ball, right, in Blister, you've been there and you hit, you smack that ball and it's going down the fairway and you see nothing but mountains over the green and you're like, yeah, 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 it's uh, worth every penny for sure. Anyways, uh, we're not, it's not a golfing podcast, guys. So, uh, if you guys are ready, then I'm ready. Let's cock the hammer. It's time for action.
All right, so like I said, we got a good show for you tonight. Tonight we're going to uh, break down where we are at at the Scott Fish Bowl because every podcast is doing it. And then we'll take a look at Blister's rankings and uh, go through some of his thought process and uh, maybe some of the differentiation between him and Slim. So first off, Scott Fish Bowl. So um, we, we're we all part of the Scott Fish Bowl. We've been part of it uh, for years now. And what was it, Scott Fish Bowl 3, we had our uh, our, our fan won the whole uh, – the whole shit show that year it was a 360 guys i think at that point now we're up to 400 1440 and 120 divisions or whatever it is and i mean i'm at a snail's pace uh, blister you guys are already done we're done yeah, yeah. i think crazy. we were the fastest done in history and it was uh oh it's great i mean it was it was great because i i i love these drafts slow drafts but i don't like going slow that's yeah i guess i like drafting i don't like going slow right so so this is the first time, like, yeah, it's actually flying on, although it was the worst time because the draft started Monday morning, day two of my golf trip. Right. Uh, always the rough day after the first <laughs> night out. And uh, and then it's done today, and I just got home last night. So I basically, I auto-drafted or pre-picked, uh, I would set a bunch of guys in the queue because I, I realized the very first time, holy crap, I'm up already. Well, and I've already been on the clock for I don't know how many hours, and the rest of these guys are going bang, bang, bang. So I, um, after the first pick, I pre-drafted the next 21. <laughs> oh, <And> so, there you <laughs> go. <laughs> it really, I probably would have put a little more thought into each one and uh, probably maybe hopefully done a better job had I been watching. But, uh, oh, well, it's still fun, and it's for a good cause. And, uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. So, Blister, without going through the whole roster and whatever, um, let's just uh, maybe yeah. talk about, because um, you're already done, some highlights or some uh, surprises, uh, some disappointments uh, in the draft. Well, you know, I was reading a couple things beforehand and again, not very much because I was more concentrating on packing up for the golf and everything, but <laughs> just with the scoring, like the, for some people that don't know, the fishbowl scoring is set up so that there's a tight end premium. It's a super flex and, uh, there's a lot of interesting stats for the quarterbacks, like completions and incompletions and pick sixes are really, uh, really bad for your quarterback. Yeah. So, it's, it's, um, it, you know, there's first down points, uh, half point PPR, but the tight end gets another half point and, and stuff like that. So it's quite an interesting scoring. And if you, I, I had plugged something into one of my sites that I go on and, and try to spit out a rankings based on all the scoring. So I was trying to follow that, but, um, yeah, it, I guess the, the biggest thing was the quarterbacks went so fast and furious in our draft, I think by, third maybe the third round there is probably 26 quarterbacks oh, maybe, Jesus. something crazy like that oh <laughs> i can't remember i'd have to go back to look through it, it, was, it was, they were gone fast so i drafted from the 10 spot and um it was hard to keep up again with all the tra- chats on twitter like we had a uh, we were the clue division on the, on the scott fish yep. bowl so we had our own chat group and then we had a uh, a chat group on there from a mock that we were doing uh, prior to that, that John Bosch had set up. And then we had another chat group on there for everybody drafting from the 110 slot. Right. So it was so, I didn't even, I could even like, follow along with that and see what everyone was saying again because I was on the golf course. Right. <laughs> or, right, right. You know, or I was, or I was reading, like, we did, we drove however many hours through some spotty uh, cell service to get to the first course and then we golfed and then we had to drive another hour and a half to get to the other place we were staying. And then, um, we golfed two rounds the next day and then one the next day and drove home. So it was a lot of driving and or golfing and or eating. So there wasn't a lot of time for reading. Well, there was zero time for that. Yeah. Anyways, make a long story short, uh, I started off with George Kittle. I know some would love him. Um, and, uh, uh, I know I wanted to start off if, if, uh, Mahomes or Lamar and I knew there's very little chance had a fallen there, I probably would have grabbed them. Um, but I started off with, uh, George Kittle, and I came back right away with Russell Wilson. The way I saw the quarterbacks were probably going to go off the board. So, in the end, probably one of my regrets is I only was able to grab two quarterbacks. Mm. All the other ones that were, when it was time to pick a quarterback, it just didn't really like what was left. And so I ended up with Russell Wilson and Josh Allen. I think I got Allen in around the seventh. I can't, I'm not sure why he was falling because other things I saw. Yeah. Um, he was quite a popular looking pick for some drafts and, 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 many draft formats he is he's so my first quarterback yeah or, only one so far is yeah. it yeah so i i mean i couldn't believe he was still there anyways my the rest of my team for the most part probably would have been good five years ago <laughs> I had Todd Gurley, david johnson 
Latavius Murray at running back. I got Ronald Jones, Alex Madison, James Robinson, the rookie for Jacksonville, Malcolm Brown, Damian Harris. I think, oh, I think that's all I everybody yeah. there. Uh, started off my receivers with Keenan Allen, that Tyler Boyd, since Slim traded him to me in Dynasty. I try to get him everywhere <laughs> now so I can love him. Uh, John Brown, I didn't really want him at all, but that's who I got. Oh, you Randall smack Cobb. him with, the, with Josh Allen? It's all right. I, oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got two stacks in. I got Tyler Lockett as well. Yeah. I got uh, Nikhil Harry, Jacoby Myers, Josh Reynolds, Traquan Smith. And my other two uh, tight ends to go with Kittle were Tyler Higby and Jace Sternberger. Nice. So, yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. You know, there's a lot of potential with some of these guys. And uh, the problem is when you don't have, like, maybe any real glaring. I mean, you're obviously going to start uh, Gurley and David Johnson and probably Ronald Jones as long as he doesn't lose his job. But then after that, you know, with Keenan and Tyler Boyd, you're going to start. But how do you choose sometimes between John Brown or Randall Cobb or, you know, all the rest of the gang? You really don't. They're going to be tough to know when to play them, you know. And they're going to have a few big games. Like uh, Trey Klein will probably have a couple of big games over the course of the year and probably Cobb will too. Right. Reynolds probably will too, but being able to pick the right time and place to play them will be a tough part. So, yeah, all in all, it was pretty fun. I, I really didn't get to pay. I really don't know whose team in my division looks great because I haven't even looked at that yeah. yet. So, that's all. Any fun. anyone uh, anyone to highlight that you're is in your division? Uh, Howard Bender's probably oh, one yeah, of the bigger names. Go. Uh, he's got serious satellite radio. I always used to listen to him on my way to work when I was working out in the country there and on the way home. And um, Shane Hallam's always on. Uh, see him a lot on Twitter. Yep. A lot of people probably do. Um, so I can see who else we have. One off the Operation Clue. Dynasty Football Factory, Michael Fanero, Howard Bender, and fan Kevin Williamson, Gridiron Experts, Zach Grubel, Draft Countdown, uh, Scott Wright, fan Jarrett Behar, Fake Pigskin, Shane Hallam, Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football, nice. Dustin Lind. Like him already. <laughs> <laughs> fan Alex Spetich, myself, fan Brandon Velasky, and Fantasy Data and the Athletic Fantasy, Eric Moody. Ooh. That's my that's my group. Ooh, yeah. All right. So, so, you know, unfortunately, like some of those guys, I think it was Zach, Shane, a lot of these guys have been right down to the semi. There's two or three guys, and I think in my division, have been to the semifinals mm. or to the final four. That's not good. No. I was hoping for some guys. <laughs> oh, my first, like, there's one guy that was in the first time where I think in the, I was like, I want I was hoping to get into some division that nobody wanted to be in and drop <laughs> You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I'd probably still be drafting for another two weeks. Well, so I'm kind of glad that we're done. That's so, me. That's so, okay, Slim, how, how's your draft going? You're not finished yet, but it looks like it's going all right. No. Yeah, we just started the 11th and I'm picking at 112, so I still got a ways mm, in the 11th. Right. To, but, um, I don't know. So far, I guess. I like it looking at it so far. I don't have a second QB, which was somewhat calculated, but it kind of got a, a little bit away from me. Um, I My first two picks kind of went exactly how I thought they were going to go. Um, I was pretty sure that uh, I took Miles Sanders with the 112. Um, I was pretty sure that most of the top running backs that I had above him were going to be gone. And it was going to force me to take him. And I used, I don't mean force, but, but yeah. I have him ranked fairly high compared to a lot of people. And so I just went there and I was pretty sure I was going to take Breeze. I didn't think he was going to go in the first round. Uh, if you look at the scoring for this format, he like crushed it last yeah. year. Um, mainly, I think, just because of his high completion percentage, mm-hmm. which you get points for in this. Uh, or you don't lose points, I should say, for incompletions. Um so those two were okay. And then the rest, I've been just kind of going with what I thought was value. I mean, I took Hilaire as my second running back. I was hoping to get somebody maybe a little bit better there, but um, they were all kind of gone. And I have Hilaire kind of as a low-end RB1 anyway, high-end RB2. Right. And when guys like Mostert and stuff were going ahead of him, I just – he kind of was my best player there. Uh, and Galladay – uh, he was the six wide receiver taken, but picking at the end, I thought by the time it gets back to me, um, it's going to be slim pickings, maybe a wide receiver. Right. So I better take one now. And there was a little bit of a run, so that was okay. And then I ended up with Kareem Hunt as my RB3, which I don't mind. I this At this point now, I was thinking with every pick, I'm just trying to get some upside. Um 
because I think that anybody who's going to win this is going to have to get somewhat lucky with yeah. whether it's an injury to somebody at, in, ahead of, like I'm hoping Nick Chubb gets hurt at this point. <laughs> and, and not that Kareem Hunt is going to be useless with Chubb there, but uh, he does have standalone value. But if Chubb ever does get hurt, then all of a sudden Kareem Hunt is probably another RB1 for me. Um, it was the same with when I took you know, Michael Gallup as my wide receiver three in the ninth. So I was just thinking, you know, I'm trying to now get pieces of high octane offenses. Mm-hmm. Um, same with Tyler Hawk or TJ Hawkinson, sorry, in the 10th. Like, I think the Detroit offense, you know, with Stafford healthy, should be able to put up some points. That's why I took Galladay as the over a guy like Godwin, even uh, at wide receiver. So, again, I just think that as the 13th tight end off the board, um, I'll just keep passing on quarterback because I was going to take somebody like actually Jimmy Garoppolo back in the, at nine twelve if he slid there and he was taken. And then after that, I was like, I don't really want Minshew or rivers right now. So I thought, okay, I'll wait. And hopefully when I get back to the 11th here, uh, yeah. I would, somebody would be there and I was actually thinking Derek Carr, but then he went halfway through the 10th and now I'm kind of hooped. <laughs> right. There's 27 quarterbacks taken. I don't have a second one yet. So I'm going to have to scab something together there yeah. going forward. And but, maybe, but I, I'm just going to go upside everywhere yeah. now, like every running back position. I don't want safe receivers. Um, I just want guys that I think can hit. And I don't think I'm even going to take a ton of receivers late. I'm just going to load up on running backs like, Chase Edmonds, um, if Tony Pollard, if I can get him, uh, guys like that. Mm. That if there's injuries, then great. I'll I'll try. You know, even maybe Rashad Penny with my latest with my last pick, somebody who can maybe flash at the end of the year and get me some points. Right. Yeah. That's those late guys that end up being your league winners, right? Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. So I. Uh, How about you? Well, we are. Uh, only at like 706 or something right now like it's just poking along uh, it took for it took forever like to get through that first round and i mean i couldn't have hit refresh any any more throughout that day and i'm like come on you guys i'm at 108 and then like i actually thought i might be able to uh um like lamar uh was starting to drop there and i thought geez here we go like i might get lucky and then it didn't get to him um, so in the first round, I took Kelsey, which I would never normally do, but I took him, um, over Kittle. I thought at that spot at 108, cause, uh, I just thought the floor might be a little bit higher and ceilings are kind of similar. That was just kind of my mindset. And I wanted to make sure that I got a hit on that first, uh, in that first round. And then I got Miles Sanders coming back at uh, 205. So I was happy with that. Yeah. And then, uh, I've hit on, um, Leonard Fournette. I took a, I took a little bit of a swing with Jonathan Taylor. Um, I've got one quarterback so far, but we're still early. Uh, it was Josh Allen, and I only have one receiver so far, and that's DK Metcalf. So I'm going to have to just start hitting receivers now and hoping for the best and then take a couple of late shots. I like Blister, the Sternberger pick at the um, at the end there too. Like you might get lucky if I take a couple of late guys like that and end up with it. So, yeah, you know, that's kind of what I mean. Dawson Knox off Buffalo is a good one to target too. Sure, those all those there's a whole handful of those late flyer kind of tight ends. They're starting to go now, like after you get into the double digits, obviously. But um, yeah. did you guys find that receiver really dropped? Yeah, I mean, I I, oh, yeah. I I wasn't putting a ton of stock in it, honestly. Yeah. Like Michael Thomas went at 107 in our my draft, and I just I was shocked. Yeah, but, he went 103 yeah. in ours, but which I thought was weird, and then oh, yeah, right. real early. I remember when you texted me that now and I was, couldn't believe it. Yeah. But, cause when you look at the receiver scoring, it's, it's fairly low. Right. Seems like. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess I wasn't necessarily surprised. I would, I suppose I was surprised at just how far it actually got pushed down. Yeah. And I found that tricky. It's been tempting to bite on receivers when, I don't know. I just kind of have well, to talk I, myself out of it. I did that last year and it sunk me because I was like, well, fine. I mean, if they're just going to give me all the wide receiver ones, then I'm going to take them all. And pff, I think I finished, you know, three and 10 or some crap like that. Like it was junk. You got to, so yeah. I was deciding I was going to go try to go RB heavy. And then Josh Allen was sitting there in whatever it was five, I think. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. The gap might be bigger after that. And, 
you know, if he improves the, the completion percentage a little bit with Diggs there now and he's got the rushing upside, yeah, okay, okay. I talked myself right into it. Yeah, I was just looking back through mine and it took five rounds before we had 12 receivers drafted. Yeah. So they, like, it was it took four rounds for four of them, basically, I think. Um, just looking back here, uh, maybe five. Yeah, five, like the five fourth rounds. for us was the big receiver. Well, I took Galladay at the top of it. As the sixth, and then it was Godwin, Allen Robinson, Evans, Juju, Beckham. Yeah. Yeah, I was looking up Josh Allen. He was the worst in the league last year, 58.2 completion (laughs) percentage. I know. I know. Hopefully, uh, he'll have to improve. But I think, but I think you make up for it in his, in his rushing, right? He gets rushing touchdowns. He gets rushing first downs. Like, that's got to offset a lot of that other stuff. And then, like, if you have a guy like Diggs, let's say, who can, who, right, who we've seen in big moments make sick catches, then, you know, yeah. maybe that helps out. That's why I took the shot there rather than just really sitting on it and doing like what Slim said, you know, now you're like Minchu and, uh, you know, Joe Burrow or something. Like, I don't know if I want, if, if I feel gutty yeah. enough to go there. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm, yeah. I know I'm not going to like who I get. It's going to be like Darnold or I don't even know. Is like, Carr there still? No, that's what I mean. He's went. Oh, you said he's gone. I, yeah. I picked at the ten oh one, and then he went at like ten oh five. And I was, I was hoping, but you know, there's a lot of guys are taking a third quarterback already. Right. Which yeah. yeah. I'm like, yeah. I, I don't know why they're doing that. Personally, I guess they're really scared. Like, I, I really didn't care if I had a great QB two even. Like, I just wanted somebody fairly serviceable. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I thought Garoppolo was kind of going to be my target because, you know, he doesn't put up huge fantasy numbers, but he's, they, you know, just with the, the ease of the types of passes they make him throw, typically, like, I figured his completion percentage should be pretty high. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so for a QB2, I didn't think I needed, like, you know, a ton of, I didn't need Patrick Mahomes-type volume. I just needed somebody who was just going to be safe and not turn the ball over. Um, and those guys are going to be fleeting at this point now, like by the looks of mm-hmm. it. So I don't know. Most Whatever. I, I thought about screw it. I thought about double tapping a tight end coming around uh, in that fir- first and second round. I thought, well, it's going to take a strange roster construction here to win the whole thing. Yeah. So I kind of thought, like, do I come when it comes around to me at two hundred five? Is it do I take a Mark Andrews or do I take a you know, Zach Ertz or something? And they're both reaches at that point. But you know, you can you can play two tight ends and they're premium. And if you get guys that hit, but I went, I didn't have the testicular fortitude to get that uh, that cute. I guess. Yeah, I was just looking back. Like I said, regretting only having two quarterbacks. There's only one other guy in our league that has two, but most most teams took about four. Obviously, they're not but- all starters, but. You know what I think, Blister? I kind of was telling myself before this draft, I think what I'm going to do is draft two, and I yeah. the first QB that comes up on waivers, I'm just dumping the whole budget on Yeah. That's what I thought, too. There's no one on waivers because it's such a deep league. Like, I don't know. So I thought, screw it. I'll take two, and I'll spend 100 of 100 on whatever backup ends up becoming a starter, and I'm just going to hope for the best and hope that – the de- some of my depth guys that while well, everyone else was taking a QB three and four, um, those running backs that I take or receivers or tight ends even, just yeah. one of them smashes and I don't know. Because, yeah, I felt like you're just chasing QBs, especially from where – well, all of us were picking pretty, pretty late. late. Yeah. Like, then you got to wait so long that I just know that that QB run hits at some point and – if you're not ahead of it, which I didn't think I was going to be because I wasn't going to take two early quarterbacks, then... Yeah. I'd say say 10 backups at least. I just went through the rosters real quick, and I'd say 10 backups were drafted already. Sure. So I have, Look I have at to that. get yeah. one of the other 22 that <laughs> go, go down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess, Slim, you could have... Dub- I mean, what are you going to do? Double tap at the back end there and go uh, Dak and Russell Wilson or something at the back? You know, I guess it would have been Drew Brees and, and Russell Wilson. You could have done that as a... Where like one two? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Like at your yeah, but I, that was never like. But then I you're in big trouble. Yeah. Before the draft, like I was pretty certain I was going to go running back because picking at the end when it came back to me at three twelve, right. I knew that there was a good chance that what I was looking at 
I wasn't going to feel stoked about as a, my RB1 yeah. in this format. Right. So I knew that one of these picks was most likely going to be running back unless something crazy dropped. Uh, and then, again, I was pretty certain I just wanted Hammer QB. Uh, again, if I could have known Breeze was going to like last till 312, like he was the guy I really wanted. Wow, um, yeah, that's crazy. Wow. Well, he didn't. Yeah. No, oh, I took oh, him. Okay. I was hope oh, like right. in a perfect world he would have. Yeah. Um, but and then the same thing like in this format, I was looking like once you get past like the top few quarterbacks, it just kind of log jams up in points. So then I thought, you know, when everybody else is loading up on all these same guys, the the Matt Ryan, Staffords, I'll have a QB. And then I can just keep plucking receivers and running backs that fall and then take my really cheap QB two, which like I said, still haven't got, but that's my own fault <laughs> right. to some extent, but bad gamble. There we go. But. All right. Well, listen, that's a lot of Scott fishbowl talk. I know anyone who's listened to podcast podcasts, you know, at this point in early July are a bit of degenerates anyways, which is awesome. So they're listening to a lot of Scott fishbowl stuff. So there's the three auction guys talking about how they're doing snake draft with an interesting scoring format and um, a little bit of our thought process, but let's get into the auction stuff. Um, and we'll get into blisters rankings, but before we get in there, just want to, uh, remind everybody that uh we're 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 opening up our contest again for the um for the weekly draw so last year what we did you could send in your your auction draft results whether they were mock drafts or real drafts you could send them in to us and then you'd have a weekly draw and we would every week on the podcast we'd draw a name and uh the winner would get a, a free free level of membership. So this year we're going to do the free level is going to be our quote unquote sheets package, which includes the auction values of 300 plus players um, with all the auction values and the value indicator and all that good stuff, as well as the three different cheat sheets that, uh, um, that we make up that we use in our actual drafts ourselves. So blisters, tears, slims, tears, and then my color coded cheat sheet as well. So you send in your mock auction, um, data or your real auction data to auction mock draft at gmail.com and i'll put that in the show notes as well and you can enter yourself in for a weekly draw we'll draw one name a week to get free access to our sheets so anyways i just uh, give ourselves a little self-promotion there let's move on to blisters rankings so um last week blister you weren't on the air but we did take a look at uh at rankings we did talk a little bit about yours but more so we took a look at slim's and kind of where we were at, where he was at, some of his thought process when going through the different rankings. Um, so why don't you just break it down for us a little bit, what you do when you're going through the rankings, uh, what are you looking for, and let's just start at the quarterback position, And if you, or if you just want to freelance and say, in general, this is what you do for rankings and giver. Well, I guess in general, I kind of look at the how they kind of did the year before. What has changed with the, the team? Have they gotten better? Has the offensive line gotten better? This, this really applies to everything, whether the quarterback's going to have time to make a completion. Um, does he have the weapons that he needs to make those completions too? Uh, things like that. Um, and, you know, some, I also will factor in at times coaching changes and some coaches, you know, tend to favor the run and things yeah. like that. So you want to kind of put all that together. Sometimes I think a lot of, a lot of analysts get maybe too technical and and overanalyze. Uh, you know, there's so many stats out there that goes with everything yeah. so far. And you got a guy like Lamar Jackson who's really young, and he was a stud last year. And you know, him and Mahomes got such an arsenal of weapons, and he's so good himself. And young guys like Dak and and Russ, that the guys that can still run a little bit as well to gain a first down, um, get a few yards with their legs. They'll run a few more into the end zone than somebody like Brady, uh, you know, something like that. So just kind of take all that into consideration and then uh, throw it together, yeah. I guess. <laughs> yeah. like, and I'll tweak it as I see injuries happen, if a key player is gone or uh, something. You know, I, I kind of wonder about Deshaun Watson this year. Like, Nuke was so uh, reliable to throw the ball to. Um, and now he's got a lot of receivers that are kind of injury prone and, you know, he was banged up in the past himself. How is he going to really want to boot, you know, run it a lot out? I don't know. I mean, he's still got him ranked fairly high seven, but he's a guy that with the 
you know, a stud like Hopkins on his side, I think he could have been ranked a little bit higher. So, mm-hmm. uh, and the receivers he has, like I said, they're injury prone. Is he going to establish a chemistry with one and then just get things going and then he's down and somebody else has got to start throwing to? So there's just so many different things, you know. Um, uh, Wentz, like last year, I mean, he doesn't do terrible, but he really didn't have a very strong receiving core now and he's either hurt or, or his receivers are hurt. And so it'll be interesting to see if he can get some stability in his receiving core. He's got a good old line and things like yep. that. Um, you know, so just kind of things like that, a little bit going with the gut too. Okay. And, yep. You know, I look back at past history, like when I'm doing my rankings and, and I'm uh, looking at whether I had any success and how wrong I was. <laughs> I'm going to be wrong on some guys and I'm going to be right on some guys. And, you know, there's going to be other guys that you kind of have a hunch that are going to do better than, uh, See, what I think often happens in this industry is some people just go with the big name and that's going to be, the, for example, AJ Green is, yes. I can't believe people are so high on him still. I mean, he's old. Yeah. He didn't even step on the field <laughs> last year and re- receivers have a pretty big uh, regression once they hit 30 and he's well over 30. Um, but people keep talking him up like he's going to, you know, oh yeah, I got to get AJ Green and he's a first rounder. He's a top 12 wide receiver. No freaking way he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver. Yeah. He's, he's ancient. You know, he's got a rookie quarterback who I think is going to hopefully be good. But there's just a lot of question marks. The offensive line, still a big question mark. So things like that. But I think some people are hard to let go of that name that they've been, you know, on top of for the last 10 years. And he was a hell of a receiver, no doubt about it. But I think that happens quite a bit. Some people get ranked a little higher than probably what they deserve based on their their name and based on their history and um you know like i said earlier i said i do look at what they did last year or the year before i do to an extent but if they're aging and things like that like i take take that into consideration i'm not going to rank you know if chris mccaffrey if i didn't think he was the best running back i wouldn't have him number right. one even though he was amazing last year but i just don't see anything changing that much there so things like that okay all right so hey let's um just just for uh, shits and giggles here and go a little old school, um, how about uh, a little defender rankings? Uh, just because I'm quickly looking, we started talking about quarterbacks, and I was quickly looking there. And I'm going to let Slim go first because you just uh, um, were chatting sure. there. But uh, let's take a look at Josh Allen because there's a discrepancy there where Blister has him at 6 and Slim has him at 12. So that's a pretty big discrepancy mid-quarterback uh, one or right at the tail end of quarterback one. So, Slim, defend your mm-hmm. rankings. Um, well, we kind of talked about it when I think we talked about the fishbowl, like completion percentage scares me. Like I see him as potentially being like a newer Mitch Trubisky, um, where he, you know, fairly athletic, but just not good passing the ball. Um, and yeah, he's got some rushing upside, but I just don't know if it's enough, like, I want Matt Ryan. Like, I just can't, I don't know how I cannot have a guy like Matt Ryan ahead of him. Sure. Um, with the weapons that he's got in the division that he plays in, playing in a dome, like, they're going to pass the ball a ton there. Um, so when I started, like, actually, I, you know what made me go through and after our podcast last week, after Cam Newton signed, I started going through and saying, okay. And, it, I started bumping Allen down, and then I said, well, I still got to have this guy ahead of him. Mm-hmm. And I bump him down again, and I even put Cam Newton ahead of him yeah. because I look at them as similar players in the sense that they're bigger and they can run, and they'll probably score some um, short yardage touchdowns. But I just think Cam Newton's just a better quarterback. And so um, because of that, I, I had to keep sliding him a bit, and 12 just kind of seemed like the logical spot. Um, with some of these other guys like, you know, Matt Stafford even. I think the Detroit offense is going to throw the ball a fair amount. Um, whereas I can't necessarily say that for Buffalo. And like Josh Allen was just so inaccurate last year. I don't see that as something that quarterbacks just all of a sudden learn how to do. Right. Um, so the, there's just some red flags there that, that kind of scare me with him. Okay. Blister, your turn. Defend your ranking. No, no, I, I actually, I don't disagree with Slim. I, um, Looking back, last year he ended up as the ninth-ranked uh, quarterback, and a lot of that comes with the legs. Um, you know, he's got another weapon there this year in Stefan Diggs. I think he's still probably going to run about the same amount. Um, hopefully he has a few, little bit more luck, but he probably, in looking at these rankings now, that was the 29th of June. Yeah. 
if I updated, I definitely think I would slide him down a little bit, probably put Deshaun and Stafford both ahead of him. Um, and I should be probably moving Cam up because when I – Well, yeah, it was before he got signed. signed. No, he hadn't, so, no. So I probably got to go back in and tweak that a bit. But, that I don't disagree. I mean, he is a – in our auctions, he used to be anyways a pretty cheap uh, buy, a dollar, $2 buy, and he might still be fairly cheap come auction day. He's not going to cost you like Lamar or Patrick Mahomes. But if he can right. still give you 21 points a game on average – um, then I think he's probably someone you still want to target in auctions because I don't think he's going to cost you too much money. Yeah, yeah, true enough. I'm going to uh, keep the game going. I'm going to roll over to running back, you guys. We're looking at a $40 running back here that you guys, again, have a little bit of a gap on. So we're looking at jo- sure. Josh Jacobs, um, oh, where Slim has him at 11, and Blister, you have him up at 6. Blister, I'm going to let you have the first crack at this one. Defend your rankings. Well, Jacobs was banged up a lot last year. He had a bad shoulder, and he, I don't think we saw what he's really capable of. We got to remember he's a first overall pick. He was a hot commodity yep. in auction drafts, and and uh, especially dynasty rookie drafts last mm-hmm. year. So I, I think we're going to see a lot more from him this year. They got a lot of weapons there that they brought in in the draft this year, but we all know Raiders receivers. They kind of tend to disappoint us. A bit. They do. Uh, I think they that, do. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think Carr. You know that. I, mean, um, I think Carr. Like, uh, I'll do, I do like some of the drafts they did this year, but I think uh, Carr, again, too, keeping it simple, I think he's going to get the ball more. I think he's going to be a stud. I traded for him in Dynasty, too, so I have a high hope sure. that he's, yeah. he's yeah. going to be really good. Funny how that but comes into play all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think the big thing is uh, coming, you know, not playing at full health last year and coming back this year in, in much better shape. And I think uh, everything, all the reports out there that he was looking really good. So I just, I have a feeling, uh, you know, you draft the kid that early on. I think he's uh, coming in to be a number one running back. There's really not a lot of scariness behind him. Yeah. Like, we don't know how they'll use uh, Lynn Bowden that they drafted, but the other guys that are there aren't that's scary you know yeah. they're they're okay in a pinch but i think uh i think he's going to get a lot of touches this year so i think he's going to be going to be a guy that they I mean they're going to have to be able to compete with the people in their division there's some pretty uh obviously with the chiefs and everybody there's some strong teams there so they're going to have to put up some points and i hope that he's going to get all the goal line touches and everything else so that's why i got him as high as i do oh. i don't think looking at that i don't think i would move him down a whole lot okay well, Slim, you got him down at 11, so that's uh, right in between Austin Eckler and uh, Edwards Hilaire. So talk to us about why, why you've got him at 11. Um, passing work, big, the biggest thing. Like, most of the guys other than Derrick Henry that are above him um, are should be on the field all three downs virtually, you know, yeah. the majority of the time. Last year, like, they touted him as, like, this all-purpose back, um, and they never used him that way. I think I can't remember how many passes or targets he had, but like I, I don't see that uh, passing volume changing. They still have Jalen Richard there. They brought in uh, Bowden, who's going to be a running back who pretty much plays receiver and quarterback as well. I'll just uh, press um, the timeout just so you know. Josh Jacobs, uh, twenty-seven targets, twenty receptions for one sixty-six and no scores. Yeah, so they're like I, like. How many more targets do you think they're going to get in that offense? Like I was looking at it before and thinking 30 seemed like a realistic number. So that's not going to change much. Then, like, if that offense isn't that efficient with Carr or Mariota at QB, like how many scoring opportunities? I don't know. Like, like I said, if he's not going to catch the ball, then I couldn't put him ahead of Mixon, who they projects to never come off the field. Sure. Drake, who's going to play a lot. Dalvin Cook, who we know does everything. Uh, even Miles Sanders. Uh, so he just kind of, by default, ended up dropping below some of those guys. And that's kind of where he ended up sitting. Okay. All right. So let's just uh, bump our way down here and take a look at some RB2s. Another big jump I see between the two of you as a, um, at around a $20, $18 running back is Jonathan Taylor. So right now, Slim, you have him at 19. Blister, you have him down at 27. So he's pushing into RB3 territory here. So Blister, Jonathan Taylor, talk to us about uh, why you think maybe RB3 this year. Well, uh, that's that right now. I think training camp and battles like that would. Yeah, absolutely. Things, it's it's uh, July so, 8th. Yes. Yeah. And so I just didn't want to get too excited about the. You know, the, I think last year, well, Jacobs was a good example. He probably cost a lot more than that, and there's probably more hype on him, but then he ended up as a running back 21. So I think Marlon Mack is still there. Um, 
you know, he's going to, they got to fight for the job. And, and I think, you know, we got to see how this kid does in pass protection and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, you know, sometimes with rookies, it's a bit of a, uh, an adjustment. I think this guy's a pretty smart kid, though. And I know all indications, and I sure hope he is a real stud running back. And I gladly move him up. But, again, he has to just prove it first. Sure. Yeah, makes total sense. Total sense. Slim, what about you? You got him at 19, so we're looking at the back half of RB2. Yeah, like, to me, he's he's in rankings with, you know, guys like Carson, David Johnson, Bell. Um, Like, I don't think he's in real super elite company here. So it's not like – and, you know, he's really – put on a pedestal I'll say mm-hmm. but um like obviously we liked his talent coming out the offensive line is one of the best maybe in the NFL definitely uh they have some really good talent at some of those positions yeah. namely Nelson is probably the best at his position in the NFL um and you know like Naheem Hines very spe- you know he's got a specialist role he's not going to really try and take any touches away. Uh, Marlon Mack definitely could be in the mix, but I think any of these other guys, they've got running backs that are potentially going to steal some touches too. And I'm just banking on the talent winning help by the end of the year. Right. Like he's going to come in there and uh, like we saw with some other rookies in recent years, maybe start slow. Um, but pretty quickly, I think coaches will realize that he's the best running back they have and they might feed him. And are they going to really let Philip Rivers take this offense on his back and try and uh, and just sling it around and win games? I don't think that's the case mm-hmm. either. I'm pretty sure they're going to play some type of quote-unquote ball control type offense. The defense is probably going to be solid. So, you know, hopefully they can stay in closer games where they don't have to, you're not playing from behind all the time and game script will kind of be in their favor. Um, so, yeah, I just – you know, there's question marks that I think yeah. all these guys right now, but, uh, so I don't know. I just don't think that's like a crazy spot. Yeah. To, like, do I, is there other rookies that could do better? Sure. Like Swift or acres maybe. Um, but I just think he's maybe a better running back than them. And I kind of like his situation a little, just a little bit better than those guys too. So that's why he's kind of ahead of those guys. Right. And that's kind of how I decided to draft him in Scott Fish too, is that's my RB three. And then in hopes that it, yeah. you know, five, five, six weeks down the road, now he's, an, he's playing RB one type stuff. And that's the hope, right? So. Oh, yeah. you could get him, I think, as your third running back and just pray that at some point he starts to crush then. Yeah. Like. But I think he's going to be one of those guys like we've seen in recent years with rookie running backs. These top guys, they're hard to get at value. Right. Most of the time you got to overpay. Yeah. And which is why I don't think many of us end up with rookie running backs a lot of the time, especially the top draft choices because uh, rookie fever is still live and well, even in redraft leagues. For so sure. Well, and I those think guys kind of get hyped up. You're going to see him jump up probably both your rankings as things kind of shift and change a couple guys get hurt he has a good camp all of a sudden he's up up the rankings but then out of out of the For out sure. of the price range because if you look at oh if, he, if you look yeah, if you if look at our, yeah, oh, rb 17 or so you're over 20 bucks and you're into 20 25 range and now you're thinking oh geez is that what we're uh doing for a rookie right one Twitter video of him just like ripping a huge run or something yeah. in training camp and everybody's pants are going to get tight and that <laughs> AAV is going to go up right through up. the roof. Exactly. Hey, and just while we got you some talking about running backs, uh, Mostert, uh, any, any uh, talk there about uh, trade rumors or whatever? Well, I've been reading yet. I, I just don't see any team like, our team's really that interested in trading for running backs right now, other than the Houston Texans. Like, I don't know, like what kind of, he has no leverage. Uh, He should be pissed at his agent as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Like for not getting more incentives or something in his contract for if he ever became a running back and not just a special teamer. But um, I don't know. I just think he's, I'm all for players trying to get paid because they're savages and they're, shortening their lives every game yeah, they play yeah, yeah. probably but um he just got to pick the real shitty time to do it quite honestly for his for his own sake like two years left in a deal like why would the Niners do anything about that mm-hmm. unless they just 
throw him a couple mil and restructure. But I, so I can't see him changing teams, to be honest. I can't see another team giving up any kind of draft pick for him, but he's not know. young. Well, that's the other thing. He's 28. Yeah. He's got yeah. two years left on a cheap, like, I don't know. It just doesn't really make sense. Like why he, any other team, unless it's like a sixth or something. And why would San Francisco take that when it's such a cheap contract that, yeah, right. It's like, it's perfect for their team. Right. So I don't know. Okay. Not that worried yet. Okay. All right. So, hey, let's move on to uh, some wide receivers. And I see um, looking through your wide receivers that, you know, the top five, six guys are pretty, pretty standard. You guys might go one or two as Blister's changing his rankings while I'm uh, just about to uh, <laughs> try to do a, to, to try to do a defend your rankings. Psych. What a guy. Anyways, but, um, after what wide receiver six, let's say Amari Cooper, there is some discrepancy here. So, um, let's just make it real quick. Like, you know, a couple quick sentences. I'd like to go through sure. this tier because I think it's, I think it's interesting. Um, where, cause you guys are flip flop, um, quite a bit through, uh, this kind of wide receiver seven through, um, through 12, let's say. So first of all, Blister, you've got Mike Evans right now at 11. Oh, sorry. Some's got him at 11. You have him at seven, Mike Evans. Uh, give us a real quick why, why at seven. Well, I just think that he's the type of guy that Brady's going to hone in on a, a guy that's reliable, a big target, especially in the red zone. And, um, you know, Brady, he, he's only going to throw the ball to you if he trusts you. And I think Evans has been around long enough. He's going to build this stab. I mean, Godwin's there too. Sure. He's going to be great. Um, you guys, we all uh, have him at five. So that's clear. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, so I just think that he, he's like, when you look at, kind of reminds me like with Randy Moss, the connection they had and stuff like that, like not nearly at that level, but, but yeah, I think that he's good enough to do that. And I mean, they threw the ball a lot. I still think they're going to throw the ball a lot because I don't think the running game is proven or it may be not even any good. So Brady's going to throw the ball and he's going to probably find a lot of trust and faith in Evans. And so that's why I kind of have my pyre because Brady's going to actually put the ball in his hands. So oh. there be a lot more completions oh. and they're probably not going to be turning the ball over with four interception <laughs> so that means there's going to be a few more drives that are going to be sustained and i think that just means if there's a couple if if there's four less receptions and that that's probably going to mean you know on those actual drives there there's going to be two or three more catches opportunities for okay. him and uh maybe even another touchdown opportunity out of it one every four so sure yeah i just think that he's still going to be high so, on that, in that so brady's actually going to hit him in the hand so that 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 would be a change for him wouldn't yes. it supposed to be the plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all right yeah, and then like the guys that I when I look at that and then I got the guys the guys that are right behind I'm like you know Hopkins could potentially move up uh easily but again moving to a new team yep. uh and he's got a young quarterback and you know young quarterback still being young and he has good legs he might have a tendency to pull the ball down once in a while and run it versus you know, feeding it to Hopkins. We'll find out. Allen Robinson, again, he might go through two different quarterbacks this year. That could cause some issues. <laughs> uh, Ridley, I think, is probably quite high. I have him at 10 right now. So, you know, I'm looking at the guys right behind him. That's why I, I can see Evans beating those guys out and having them. Getting to there. So, Slim, you have him at 11, back end, wide receiver one. Yeah. yeah um, like, I like Godwin. I think he's better. So, that's why I got him ahead. Um, and... I just find it hard that they're going to have two guys virtually like in the top five in passing because Brady's to me, he's not going to be a guy who's going to throw it a ton downfield. It's going to be short, which is why I like Godwin. He's going to be the slot guy doing all doing his thing there. And far as red zone, once they got Gronk in there, to me, that's going to be Brady's bread and butter in the red zone. Um, we saw it in new England, like, they just throw it up to Gronk and just let him go do his thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that'll be, uh, that's why I like Gronk as kind of a sleeper tight end too, or semi sleeper, I guess. Cause yeah, a lot of people right. I think probably like him, but, um, so I had to bump him down. Uh, and that's more or less it where you're really. Okay. Like, I like Evans, but there's just, I don't know if the volume is going to be there for him to take over somebody like say, you know, Amari Cooper or, uh, Galladay. Uh, even Allen Robinson, like Allen Robinson gets a shit pile of targets in that offense just because he's all they got. And I just don't know if Evans is going to get that same kind of opportunity this year. Right. Um, cause as much as we can knock Winston, like he still threw for what, 30 touchdowns or something. And a lot of those picks were probably good for fantasy. Yeah. Others for the Winston owners because it made them play from behind a bunch. That's and right. They had to throw it even more. 
Um, I don't know if they're going to be like that. Brady's not going to turn it over. The defense is, looks like it's going to be pretty darn good. So I don't think we're going to see like these 40, you know, 80 point totals and things like that, that we might've saw last year. Right. So okay. we got maybe be careful but so you guys are flipped around on the next guy down to list on our consensus rankings uh odell beckham right now we have him at 35 dollars but slim you've got him at six and blister you have him right yeah. down at the end of the wide receiver one talk to us about uh odell and why he's at the back end of the wide receiver one i don't like him <laughs> that's it almost choked he's on my beer there talk. <laughs> he talks a lot and doesn't do much. I don't know. I, he, I think he's always been overhyped. He hasn't really had, like, where did he finish last year? Oh, number 25th ranked receiver last year. Uh, I'll go back another year here. Slowly but surely. Um, surely? Don't call me Shirley. I'm sorry. <laughs> and 17th ranked wide receiver the year before that. And, uh, you know, I won't keep going yeah. on. But 25th, 17th, he's not going in the right direction. Um, they have a lot of weapons there still. Uh, Baker... I don't know. He's got to be a better quarterback than what he's been so far. And I just think that he had that one wonderful catch when he was with the Giants mm-hmm. behind his back. And I really, you know, he's capable of stuff like that, but he's got an attitude. He's got a, a kind of, to me, like he should, he should be proving it every year. He should, you know, Antonio Brown is a dick, but he, at least he was the number one wide <laughs> right. receiver for many years. He, he kind of had the right to act like that in a sense, like he's done way more than he ever needed to, I know, but you know, yep. at least he could back it up with his play. Odell Beckham, 25th rank, 17th rank the last couple of years. I don't know, man. That's not, that's not backing anything up. Mm-hmm. And you know what? It makes me think, just thinking about him now and thinking about anything else. If they play without the fans, do they have to do the stupid celebrations every time they make a tackle or a catch? Because <laughs> yeah. no one's there watching. So you don't, who are you impressing? Just line up and go again. That's what you're getting paid to do. So I hope that, uh, you know, when we play football, they play football and we don't have to zoom in on everybody making one tackle for the game. Anyway, sure. <laughs> a little, so little editorial there. All right. Yeah, uh, yeah. Slim, so you've got, um, uh, Odell all the way up at six. So, uh, hot commodity yeah. giver. Um, well, Last year, first year in an offense, we know how that what that does. Uh, played hurt for most of the year. He had a, I can't remember what it was, his foot or ankle or hurt, something like that. Hurt and, <laughs> Not yeah, too that brutal, too. yeah. Um, <laughs> but played through that. Landry's coming off a hip surgery that he just had in December. Um, we expected offense to be better passing overall. And, like, it was only a couple of years ago. Yeah, he was... On his last year with the Giants, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he had injuries that year too. Plus, he also, you know, the team was not good. Yeah. And there was that whole thing there. But other than that, like, he was a pretty solid and consistent producer. So we know that he's got the skills to, to be a wide receiver one. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I agree with Blister. I think Baker is better than what he showed last year. I still believe that. So I think that there are things in place there that if this offense just becomes a little bit more efficient than they were last year, a lot of it's going to come down to quarterback play um, because that killed them, I think, a lot. Yeah. But uh, So if Baker just kind of gets his act together a little bit, then I, you know, I just think that Hotel's got the talent to be in the mix with any of these guys. Um, he's that dynamic. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy. And I'm going to bank on the injuries not being there so far until I guess they are there. Okay. And so I, I just think this offense as a whole is going to, we're going to see it kind of get to another level this year. Um, and if that's the case, then I want the most athletic uh, pieces in that offense. And like I said, I still think back to a couple of years ago when Beckham was that fairly consistent stud wide receiver one. Uh, so I'm ho- I'm I'm thinking he can get back there as long as he stays healthy. All right, let's do one more wide receiver a guy who we have at a uh, savings of four dollars or a four dollar value right now at twenty seven dollars. Uh, it's DJ Moore. So you guys have a bit of a gap here oh, too. Shit. Well, you picked him. And you had to go with your boy. Well, hey? I had to, but also too, there's a discrepancy here because you got him as a as a um at the, uh, number nine overall. So a, you know a very established wide receiver one, and Blister's got him you know, back in that wide receiver too. So there's a gap there, right? So that's where it's creating our value, but we need to know why, why we're there. So blister DJ Moore at 15. Talk yeah. to us. 
Well, he ended up as 15 last year. I just don't see Teddy Bridgewater as a guy that's going to complete a lot of passes either. So that part worries me, a new quarterback. And I, I mean, I think Teddy's a good game manager and he can pick up wins, but you saw the wins he was picking up last year and they weren't that impressive. Mind you, Michael Thomas still caught balls and still did well. Um, but I think Michael Thomas is quite a bit better than DJ Moore. So I, I, I don't know. I'm a little worried about that. I think Christian McCaffrey's going to see the majority of the touches. I think he's going to get all the action. Uh, I don't think that's why I have DJ at 15. He was at 15 last yep. year. I don't think he can be much worse than that, but I have a hard time seeing him jump up a whole lot at the same time. You know, yep. I think he could finish a few spots higher potentially or a couple spots lower. And I think it's all, for me, it's all just based on the quarterback play. And Slim, this is why I wanted to pick DJ Moore as the last wide receiver to talk about, because I know you're going to probably yeah. disagree with almost everything that Blister said right now. I just have a feeling, uh, right? Just because well, I know, I know. I like Teddy. I, I, yeah, I Teddy know to me suits this offense. Yeah. Like they've got all these receivers and a running back that, they want to get the ball too quick and close to the line of scrimmage. Um, in a lot of cases, not strictly, but, and that's what Teddy does. And they're just gonna, I feel like pump short passes and let some of these guys just make guys miss and run after the catch. And to me, that's what DJ Moore can do really well. Mm-hmm. So to me, it's a good fit. I think another year in the league, I don't see why he can't just hone his craft and progress even more. As a receiver and physically and athletically, uh, just with another off season. So I like that aspect as well. Um, and yeah, I think the defense is going to be terrible. Uh, so they're going to have to throw it quite a bit to try and win some games. So there's just a lot of things that I think are going to add up for that extra 30 or 40 points to, Furnish from wherever, like Blister City was ninth, fifteenth last year to get him up into this wide receiver one territory now. All right, and you know what? That, that might be the best argument <laughs> part. if their defense is no, yeah. if their defense yeah. is bad and sure. they have to throw more because I mean that does determine. Like you said with Winston, they, he he caused the turnover so that they had to either play from behind or they had to try to get back into the game, so they had to keep throwing it. But with Teddy last year in his nine games, he averaged one hundred fifty three yards a game and one touchdown. So. That's hard to yeah. be a top receiver, but then Michael Thomas was. But I mean, he Michael Thomas had to be getting ninety percent of the yardage to yeah. to yeah. stay where he's at, you know. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, it's tough. I'd, I'd like to see them be better and do more, but I guess you know, a new team maybe yeah. maybe things will be different. But the defense will definitely uh, help. That's yeah, sure. and the skill set match. I think that's kind of where I am too. Where Mike Thomas, if he was. Like, you know what I mean? Had that skill set of DJ Moore, what would he, it, cause it's a different version, right? It's the contested catches well, and stuff that Mike Thomas is known for, not the short yeah. intermediate. Well, they get six games with the Bucks. We think their offense is pretty good. The Falcons, who we think their offense is pretty good. And the Saints, who we think their offense is pretty good. So six teams, six games right there where they're going to put, like, their opponents should be putting points on the board. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And they'll be playing them late in the season too. They should hopefully, barring any COVID craziness. Right. So like fantasy playoff time, not that that's right. Don't put tons in, of stock in, in that. In, but indoor games you, and all that stuff too, if right? If you're in a tie with him and someone else, that could be some, oh, hey, like, but it probably has got some pretty decent matchups at the end of the year in terms of just point totals that they're going to need to score to beat teams and things like that. So, but, okay. So we're going to do one more. We're going to slide to tight end. We're pushing the hour mark here. So I want to make sure we stay right around that hour like we normally do. Um, and let's take a look at uh, a tight end right here who we have as a $3 overvalue at $12. And a big name that we hear a lot. And I like this one because you guys are divided on him as well because we hear a lot of people in industry that are very high on Darren Waller and a lot of guys in industry that aren't as high anymore. And it's uh, fun to see then that you, uh, Slim's got him at five and Blister has him all the way down at 10. So um, how about yeah. let's go, Slim, why don't you talk to us about Darren Waller at five? Um, I guess the biggest thing is, uh, yeah, they drafted some receivers, but they're rookies. I don't know how they're going to be used yet. So to me, Waller could still very well end up being – the most consistent pass catcher in this offense. Um, so just based on that, and I guess some of it comes down to that. Some of it just comes down to what tier he falls in, in the tight end mm-hmm. group here. Um, 
for me, so say a lot of people, for example, you know, like Hunter Henry, um, I just don't, I have a lot of questions about just that offense in general with Philip Rivers gone. There's a QB change. We don't know what that's going to look like. Um, you know, Gronk, there's question marks to me. He just slides above those other guys uh, because, you know, he's been in this offense. Uh, nothing crazy is really going to be changing other than some new receivers. But uh, Carr should start the season as this quarterback still, and we saw what they kind of chemistry they had. So, um I'm just kind of just playing it safe and just leaving him kind of roughly where he was, and we'll see what happens. See what happens. So, Blister, you got last year Waller was at like number four, I think overall. Now you've moved him down to ten coming into this season. Well, depending, I guess, on who you're talking about. Yeah, well, he was actually he was he actually was second on the one scoring system I'm looking at, which was pretty Mm -hmm. good. Maybe ten was a big drop, but I was worried a bit about Jason Witten actually going there, and you know, being an old boy. Oh boy. yeah, thinking if he could, if he steals some targets, and even if he does, I don't think it's enough to drop him all the way down to ten. But um, yeah, I think looking at this, he should probably get bumped up a little bit. I worry too, like some of the, I look at the guys I have ahead of him, like Hunter Henry. Like I love Hunter Henry to do better, but like Slim said, it's a question mark. I, I was trying to look back. I can't remember who the tight end was for Buffalo when Tyrod Taylor was there, but I, I remember looking at it one time and I thought he he had a pretty good year. Like he he did look at the tight end, yep. um, but. Tyrod's going to often tuck it and run too. So that's going to affect things. Um, so who knows uh, with Hunter Henry, um, Tyler Higby too. I mean, he, he had a good stretch last year, but they still do have Everett there. Uh, yeah. They did lose Cooks, but they have, I think Reynolds is a capable receiver. They still got plenty of we- weapons there with Woods and Cup and, and everybody like that. So uh, he, he could probably slide easily out, out of the top, about closer to 10th in the, in the rankings. He ended up finishing eighth last year. Uh, Evan Ingram too, that's, he's got to stay on the field. And if he does, he's a pretty reliable uh, pass catcher for the Giants. But um, again, the young Darius Slayton, they have a receiver started coming on last year. They still have Shepard and Tate. So there's a few looks there. And obviously Saquon should be the guy they're getting the ball to the most. So Evan could easily slide down probably a couple spots, but he does have the talent to finish fifth or higher. Um, Earth still does worry me a bit with Goddard there. Unless he's getting a punch down. Soccer punch. He's playing the like, season, starting the season with concussion. <laughs> already, we already know yeah. it. Like one thing with one thing with tight ends is they do usually take a couple years or sometimes longer to really develop and become something in the league. Even Darren Waller wasn't. Yeah. Uh, oh, he's was old. Yeah, year by far. Yeah. And, and but they they're not like a, they can play until they're 35 or 38 years old because they can still be effective and a lot of times they have and um, so the age thing with them isn't you know sometimes it's a better thing to get them seasoned versus I think Gasicki like he was came into the league as a big quite a bit of hype around him and he didn't do a hell of a lot the first year but I think every year he should get a little bit better as long as the team around him gets better and stuff like that he'll continue to grow um, but Waller yeah you know what he probably does deserve to be a little bit better ranked than tenth and. Um, that, you know, I do think he, he will probably lose a few targets to Witten and things like that. And who knows how all the rookies are going to mix in at this point, but they do have a lot of options there, yeah. but he was probably the most reliable. And so why wouldn't they keep right, to him? Right. Okay. Awesome. Well, guys, that was, uh, I didn't want to just go through, like, last week, Blister, we just kind of went through and uh, Slim talked about his rankings, but then he wouldn't get to talk today if uh, you just did that about your rankings. So I thought if we defended, then at least that gives us an opportunity to hear where you have guys ranked, talk about some of your process, and then we, ca- um, I thought it's good comparison. It, it gives people reason to come on over to the site and, and check. I was going to say, go to Patreon out. and check them well, out. Well, listen, you already see where he's at. Well, that's it, right? So um, speaking of heading over to the site and Patreon, like Slim was saying, uh, we've got three different levels this year. And I just, as we wrap things up, I want to let you know the three different levels of membership we have. We've made some changes. We made the move over to Patreon. We're excited about having things over at Patreon. Hopefully things run a little bit smoother than, the, um, uh, you know, in some of the processing things, because that's what it's geared for. Our three different levels of membership this year also include an in-season level of support, which we've never had before. So three different things that you can do. You head on over to our site. You click on premium. We are uh, com. You click on premium, and it'll show you the different levels. The first one here is sheets. So you can get the quote-unquote sheets. 
That's a $5 flat rate. So you just want the sheets. You got them. It's our auction value spreadsheet, which is the best in the biz. Like we talked about before, you're getting mock auction values and actual auction values coming in, not only from the, um, from Blister and Slim, but also from you, the listeners. So it's this like, uh, uh community sourced, uh, auction values. It's not just a fat, uh, you know, some sort of formula based on rankings like you're seeing on other sites. Um, those auction values also include our value indicator, which we spoke to tonight. You know, you'll save five bucks if you get this guy or he's $3 overvalued. So it instantly shows you who's a value and who isn't. The sheets also includes, like we talked about earlier as well, our three different cheat sheets. So uh, Slim and Blister each do um, a tiered style uh a cheat sheet that they bring into their drafts. And then I do one, like a printable one that you bring in with all the players um, sitting there, like you could do it on one big page. So we've got that dialed into, you want the sheets, five, five bucks flat rate. You just download them and away you go. And all summer long, every time you click the link, it's the latest and greatest version. We up, we're updating all the time. As we said, blister was updating during the show, trying to screw with me, uh, <laughs> which is Updated. Oh, updated. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. So, anyways, this the second level membership, and this got some new stuff to it as well. Um, is the premium preseason package. So this is five dollars a month. So you know, if you got in now, then that's uh, July and August. If you want to just do uh, um, August or whatever, you can kind of pick and choose that way. And so you're looking um, at premium podcasts on the weekly basis all summer long as well as direct access to Slim and Blister. So um, this is the level you're looking for if you want to listen to podcasts on how to construct your tiers, budget construction, you know, and all of that stuff. Like they do a premium podcast on just running backs and how they're breaking them down, how they're attacking them in their auction drafts this year. But also, if you've got more specific questions, like you've got unique scoring in your league or unique uh, unique lineups, or you just want some help developing your own uh, roster breakdown or your own tiers, you can email the boys directly and you can get their help. That's all summer long. Five bucks a month, boom. Then, finally, we've at, we're offering this new in-season support. All right, so this is brand new. It's five bucks a month as well, and it's all season long. And that email we were talking about where you're getting specific feedback and right from the source, that's what um, this is going to give you. So all season long, having the ears of Blister and Slim, waiver wires, you know, your fab budget, start sick questions, all those things all season long, like you're going to have our analysts right there at your computer with you, helping you all season long. So three different levels. You head on over to the website, thefantasyfootballauction.com. Click on premium and that'll show you a breakdown there. And I'll you click, you click again. It sends you over to the, the Patreon site. It's got more details even there. Um, you can do PayPal. You can do Visa, MasterCard, all those things, all through, um, Patreon, which is like, um, the source for almost all podcasts now in order to try to, uh, um, you know, help pay for all these wonderful things that you guys are listening to week in and week out. All right, boys, that was supposed to be my uh, very um, summarized, succinct version of it. It was probably a little longer than I had hoped. Um, anything you guys want to add to that before we wrap things up? And you guys probably say no. <laughs> all good. No. <laughs> no. It's wonderful. You wouldn't even let me get a drink of beer. I thought you at least say something and I could get a drink out of that. <laughs> Well, I gotta go and try to crunch a few more numbers for golf before tomorrow. So that's what I'm gonna do next. All right, awesome. I love donating to DraftKings. <laughs> <laughs> gonna keep that stock price high. That's right, baby. Right. Anyways, guys, that's uh, yeah, I know that's all I got for you. I'm not gonna be on the golf course with you guys on Thursday, but like I said, I quit golf after the Kananaskis uh, trip. So, uh, so anyways, I, but I will see you guys when I get into town um, towards the end of the week. And for the rest of you, I'll see you when it's springtime in the Rockies. When it's springtime in the Rockies, I'll be coming.